Welcome to the Black Hereford Chronicles with Jen Hill. Here we discuss all things Black Hereford. Join me for in-depth conversations and insightful interviews relevant to your Black Hereford operation. Sales and the act of closing a sale are a big part of our businesses that we don't often talk a whole lot about. Many of us got into this business because we love cattle, but people? That's trickier. I know for me personally, I can get on this microphone and talk about the amazing things that other people are doing all day long, but it's a lot harder to credit myself with anything. And I know I'm not alone in feeling that way. But the reality is being an excellent salesman is a key to longevity and success in the seed stock business. I've seen a lot of great salesmen over the years, and I've watched the way unique people are able to find their own kind of personal style and succeed with it. So I asked some of those breeders and marketers to give us a few short tips for getting cattle sold and sold well. This episode is a compilation of those short interviews. I know I picked up a number of things I plan to implement in our operation, and I really hope you find some value in these tips as well. So I've got a guy here who is so genuinely supportive and personable. I really can't wait to hear his advice. Charlie, why don't you kind of introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are? Jen, thanks for having me today. I appreciate this. Um, my name's Charlie Adams. I've been with the Black Herbal Association, uh, I guess, three and a half years. Uh, came over from an Angus operation. But, uh, you know, obviously, it's not my full-time job, but it's my passion. Um, been in sales, marketing, directing uh, with a Fortune 500 company, Fortune 50 company for over 20 years. Uh, spend my time in sales. And uh, the one thing I've learned is how to turn that same thought process into the cattle. So tell us about that, because you have a very specific process that you follow. And I think that's really cool. Every cow on my farm has a three by five card. And they do ride in the truck, and it's like a little binder. And the unique part about it is, is somebody calls me about a specific animal. Instead of me having to pull up digital beef, talk them through who everything is, I've already done that work. Uh, the first thing I do is I have the name of the animal on the card, and I write down five specific facts about this animal. Whether it be homo black, homo pulled, uh, Cyrus, you know, a lot of just whatever fits what you, your narrative that you're going to want this person to know then I give five pieces of evidence that back up my facts. So if I said, you know, he's from a long lineage of cattle that have great teats and, you know, great udders, great feet, uh, you know, I can back it up and say, because of his sire, this is what we historically know. And after I give five pieces of evidence, I show five benefits of why somebody would want this in their herd. And when I give them the benefits, the benefits are going to, you're going to get great feet. You're going to get great udders. You're going to be able to get this. And this is just good data. And then I say, can you see, this is the agreement phase. Can you see how this would work in your, on your farm and in your cattle? If they say yes, give them the price. It's $4,500 and be quiet. And why be they quiet? Will then tell you, yeah. They will then tell you, 
what they're beyond it, where their trouble is. Does that make sense of what maybe they're not understanding? And they'll even tell you, oh, that's more than I wanted to spend. Well, it may not be about the cattle. Uh, you know, in today's pricing of of one feed, grass, fertilizer, this, you have to have a plan for that objection. You know, and, and, and it's really preparing every animal from your bull that you use to your AIs that you use. Okay, she's bred to this bull. This is why I bred her, having that plan and those facts and the evidence that back it. Just every time you have that conversation, you're telling the same story. And what happens is you start getting consistent with your animal. And when you get consistent with your animal, people start really understanding the animal at a great, you're not going to all of a sudden get pulled off to a tangent. And they go, well, tell me about this. Just go to the next one. You can find that animal in your little chart. And guess what? Pull this three by five card and start all over. You're not out there jumping in this, this. You are giving direct facts about your breeding program. So that's really how I do it. So how do you typically find success with getting that initial conversation to start? How are you marketing? You know, it's been really unique. I think a lot of marketing has to do with one being present in the marketplace. Uh, when I say being present in the marketplace, if you're just being relatively quiet and not really letting people see your animals, understanding where your program's headed, uh, they don't know. I mean, they all look like cows, but what makes your farm unique? What I want people to understand is that I'm working. I'm not going to have the largest herd, but I can have some of the highest quality because I'm thoughtful within the breeding pieces. And when they show up, that's what they're looking for. And you go, are they reaching out to you? Well, I made a post yesterday about two other folks and there were over a hundred likes and multiple comments on it. And I've had a bunch of private messages that said, how did you get the butt on that animal? And I'm like, hell, he ain't my animal. He's, um, he belonged to John Rohde. And he's like, wow, how did the breeding go? And I was able to explain just how I would sell. I don't call it selling. I call it telling. It's called telling it every time the same manner. And people all of a sudden realize, oh, so if I do use this bull and I breed it against an F1, this is what I'm going to see as a result because, you know, heterosis, the different things. So, um, I do, you know, I don't post all the time on Facebook, but when I do, I want it to be very specific, very targeted, and to make sure people get the fullest extent of what I'm trying to relay. And there's nothing wrong with being kind and friendly. That's real. The first thing is that you better be a servant, because if you're not, you come across as a, as a as as the back end, the butt of the animal. So it's not really selling; it's about telling the people out there, what you're doing. And if you're, they're doing what you're doing, they're interested in you. They will reach out. Trust me, private message will blow me up in just a little bit. Uh, we've even seen that, you know, with you and running the, the Black Hereford site. It's about touches. It's about letting people know. And before long, someone comes to the table and says, hey, I want to be a part of that because we're doing good. And, you know, the more good we do, uh, the better I think life gets. Well, one of the things I really love about your cards 
is I think it helps build that confidence too. If you know, you've got some notes right there that you can rely on when you're talking with someone and you don't have to keep it all in your head, you know, it's easier to feel confident and you have to appear confident if you want somebody else to have confidence in your program. Well, how many times are you doing this on the phone versus doing it live? Right. You're going to do live a little bit, but you're going to go on the phone a lot. Well, you can pull that, say, hang on a second, let's talk about B108. And then all of a sudden you just go down and then somebody else calls, guess what you do? You're given the same messaging every time, which is clear, concise, and conformed and well thought out. How long does it take for a guy to go, I, well, I've got 180 cows. Okay, if you do 15 a day, hey, we're talking eight days, and you've got everything about your animals for the year ready. We're not selling commercial cattle. We're not loading them up by the loads. We're doing very specific targeted uh, genetic breeding. And I think people want that piece of it. That it's very specific that you've done your homework to go. Let's talk about two generations back, what this created. And only write the five important facts that you think somebody would want down. Because a lot of times we get called out what I call in the cannon fodder. We get pulled off to the side of the animal and we don't stay focused and we lose the attention span because we're giving them something that don't really matter. So very targeted. This is what I want to get across. And you get to set the playground with it because you get to go, hey, this is what I know. This is what backs it. And this is the benefits of you using it. And can you see how this would help you? If you can stay to that piece, a guy that has no sales skills at all, can at least talk, you know? And I'm not saying I want you to read it like you're reading it. Learn it to where you talk it in your language and just deliver it in that message. And I will tell you, if they get to the end, they go, no, you didn't write down the right words about your cows. And if they go, nope, I don't see that. Okay, what part of this did you not see where this was? And they will drag you back to the place where you have to start over again and rethink what you are saying because it may not be communicated. We're different, you know, but by giving the same message complete, completely all the time, the message does resonate. I love that. I love that so much. Is there any other tips, any last advice that you would give for our breeders out there trying to make those sales? We have a lot of great breeders and they're raising really great animals. And we're really coming a long way. I was at the American Black Herper Junior Show this weekend. Let me just say this. Very impressive. Very impressive group of people. If I could say one thing to them, if they work as hard on being able to deliver what they're working on to the consumer, not only will we have great cattle, but we'll have great sales and we'll actually make more money. Absolutely. We need all our farms to be profitable. I mean, it's, it's a liability or an asset. And I want you to know, in the sales side, it's got to be an asset. If not, it really is a liability. All right. So that last question I ask everyone, what's one okay. thing you would change about Black Herefords? You know, I sat and thought about this actually over the weekend, the Black Hereford Association. You know what? I think we're a family organization. I think we're geared and I think we're going in the right direction. I think we're becoming very profitable. But, you know, and I'm going to get down to something really tiny is that our breeding has to change to where we're going to get structure even better. 
we have to focus on quality, not quantity. We're still small enough where quality can really be affected. If we don't work on that, quantity will take over us and we will have inferior products. So I will say, work on, think through the bull that you're doing. That's why the EPDs have been so important to me. It's not everything, but it's a piece. And if you can line those pieces up, uh, the cattle are going to be big butted, deep gutted, straight across the back, nice big footed on foundations that we can all be proud of. And that's when we'll take this off, this by storm. Well, yeah. And one of the benefits of being small is that when we produce really <laughs> high quality, it's that much easier for it to infiltrate the breed. We can see change well, we that much a, quicker. So right now, when you think about it, we have a Tesla and we have a Ferrari. I mean, we've got speed, but we've got efficiency. We have to marry them together and really showcase what we are. And we're in a digital space now. So I want you to know if you're not utilizing your digital space for your little bitty farm, um, you're missing out on the power of, uh, you know, for me in Tennessee, you're missing out on the power of Idaho. You're missing out on the power of Pennsylvania because you're not, you're limiting yourself to your buyers and it can cost you a lot of money in the long run. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Charlie. I really appreciate it. That was fabulous advice. Well, great. I hope I'm glad you liked it. I've got American Black Hereford Association Executive Director Ernie Dominguez here, and he's going to share his tips for selling cattle. What do you got for us, Ernie? Uh, hey, Jen. It's good to be with you again. I love your podcast. It's been uh, super successful, and I get calls all the time from people that really enjoy your topics of conversation and the people you have on here. So thanks again for having me. You're just saying that because I have you on here right now. <laughs> no, I really mean it. So sales, I mean, I think this is, um, well, I say this at every event, you know, that our sales numbers continue to climb and get higher and higher. So if you want to get in on this Black Hereford thing, now's the time. There's not a better time. It's just going to cost you more down the road. But for those that are selling cattle, now is obviously a, a very, very good time. I'll say that um, in our last sale that we had in April, I was concerned about the rising costs of goods and services, but that didn't impact our sale uh, whatsoever. So what I would say in managing some sales uh, for the Black Hereford Association and then also doing some private sales of my own is that picture quality is super important. I can't stress enough the importance of or what uh, the benefits you would receive if you hire someone who does this, you know, professionally to get you a good picture, especially because we do have a lot of online buyers. And even if they don't buy, but they're increasing those bids overall um, to get their interest, you know, a picture is so important. On top of that, a video, if you can get a professional video done is extremely important too. I, as a buyer and consumer, you see pictures. Um, I'll just say this. There are photographers that can do a lot of creative things with pictures, right? And make them look a little bit better or different. And so I always like to study a video and see, especially if you're, if you stress structure and soundness. Well, and that's um, the exact same that. advice that Derek Vogt, the professional photographer that I had on last month that he gave, he said, you know, we can dress all sorts of things up with Photoshop. So get those videos. Yeah. Videos are extremely important. I, I love to study a video and you really see how everything works together for that animal. So I like seeing that. And then, so you have a picture, you have a video, 
um, you know, obviously an association like ours is going to promote the heck out of your cattle as much as we can through the avenues that we have. But it's also important to do that on your own, too. So advertise through your social media outlets, whether it's on Facebook or any of those. Uh, if you can email and you have a distribution list of contacts, so you want to do that. Um, you know, what I've learned, too, in some of these sales, if you have, I guess it doesn't matter the quality level or the dollar value you think of your animal. If you want to achieve the best results, it's important to get that interest ahead of time. So I don't want to say that you have pre-sold the animal ahead of time, but if you already, if you can come to that sale and you can say, Hey, Ernie, I know I have at least a minimum of X amount of dollars on this calf or this, you know, heifer bull or whatever, then at that sale, hopefully we're going to go above and beyond that. But if you don't have that minimum dollar and you have a high dollar animal, it's going to be very difficult to expect that result just by coming out and showing up. So um, generating that interest ahead of time is extremely important. Now I'll say personally for me and what I do in my private treaty sales is um, uh, I'm extremely honest. And I, I talk about, you know, what I see, what I like, what I don't like. And I ultimately let the buyer, you know, purchase an animal based on, on their preferences alone. So I think a lot of people appreciate that. There are a lot of people out there that oversell an animal and only want to talk about the good things. But I find being honest about the pros and cons to each animal um, is, is extremely beneficial. People appreciate that. But um, what, what we're seeing today is the online sales have taken off. I will say that for our breed, we need to continue to increase that um, basically that, that distribution list. Uh, on the virtual, you know, buyer list kind of, uh, so to speak, to increase the demand there, because I think that we're maybe not quite there to solely um, rely on an online sale. So I think those that are able to do both, or if you're able to do a live or participate in a live sale, but also have the streaming service to do that, you get the maximum results. So that's what we're seeing today. But I think if you look at, um, it was probably, Oh, I don't know, 10 or so years ago when the online sales first started, um, there were only a couple of, of those outlets. And now there are many and there are a couple that are very, very successful. And I've seen others that were very successful at the beginning that are not the player anymore. And so um, they obviously have a distribution list of people that they can, you know, kind of pepper out and get some interest in your sales. And they do that very well. But I think there's there's really no substitute to having that in-person experience. If you can do that, I know it is, it can be costly. And so people like to see the cattle live in person, you know, talk to other potential breeders and members and buyers. And then ultimately when you get into an in-person auction, uh, the competition level, egos, everything else that goes along with it kind of helps generate some more interest in bids and all those things. So uh, those are things that I consider and think about. But, um, you know, the picture quality is important, the video, having a video and the video quality is important and then generating some interest on your own, not relying solely on someone else, whether it is your sale manager or association or other to do it alone. I think if you help, then you're really covering all the bases to make it ultimately as successful as possible. Well, I love what you said about having a minimum base price. You know, we've done that before. We went down to a sale in Texas with a black Hereford bull and we knew we had him sold 
for a minimum price. And, and that guy was aware we're running him through this auction and he went low. And so we loaded him up and dropped him off on the way home because we knew we could get more for him than that. And that was all our push ahead of the sale on this bull. One other thing you talked a lot about, you know, doing your own marketing. And I think social media is a big part of that. So I would love to hear you talk just for a minute on social media on your Facebook page. You see a lot of people that don't necessarily have a business page that are trying to market off their personal page, or they've tried to turn a personal page into a business page. It doesn't quite function the same. So how important do you think it is for someone to have a business Facebook page that they're using for promotion? Yeah, I think it's extremely important. The phrase perception is reality is extremely true. And so unless you have some brand recognition from your name, um, establishing a, a business page gives you some more legitimacy and people really think it's maybe something more than what it can be or what it is, but it just gives that perception of, you know, having some more legitimacy. So I think it's extremely important. I know we have some members that maybe aren't on Facebook or a little bit older and not want to getting into that, but there are, I'm sure you've got some younger people in your family that can help you do that. And so I would say, take advantage of it. It's, it's, it's a part of life today. A lot of people rely on going onto the social media outlets to consume information see what's out there. You know, I wish I could travel everywhere and see everything in person, but that's not always an option. And so being able to connect and see a cattle on social media or on a website and keeping that information fresh is really important. Um, but a personal versus a business page, there's definitely advantages to having a, biz a business page or a farm page or ranch page that can help you establish more legitimacy. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate those tips. And I think a bunch of people are going to hear this and get some great ideas going. I hope so. And of course, we're always available. Contact me or any one of our members that you know do these sales. You can see our sale page on our website. Uh, those that do sales on a regular basis could probably give you some tips and tricks too and, and would be willing to share that information with you. We're, we're going to be better. And our, we always want every sale to be successful because it only increases the value of our cattle all across the breed. So we're always willing to help each other and help uh, to, to just help you be successful. So please reach out and contact us. Thank you. Thank you, Jen. I have got Matt Marsh here. Matt, will you go ahead and introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? I'm Matt Marsh, as she said. I'm with Brower Creek Cattle Company. Uh, we're in Southeast Georgia. I happen to be the vice president of the ABHA and serve on several committees. Um, I don't know what else you need to know. How long have you been in the Black Hereford business or the cattle business? At large, uh, we I started guess? with registered cattle and I reckon we started registered cattle in 2013. Uh, I helped with my wife's family's cattle for two years prior to that when I got my start. Perfect. Okay. So I'm going to ask Matt to go ahead and talk about kind of his sales tips and his marketing stuff. And one of the things that I've noticed over the last few years about Matt is that he is excellent at social media and his Facebook posts are fabulous and he's good at pushing them out there. So I'm really hoping if you have a chance that you can kind of touch on how you do that as well. So that was 
you know, one thing I wanted to mention was promotion, you know, promoting your program, promoting your cattle, your brand. Uh, it's not just about the animals you're selling, but it's about those animals that create those animals you're selling. Uh, if people, people understand your program, they understand the type of cattle you have, uh, the traits, you know, that your animals possess, they're more eager to reach out to you when, when they're ready, when they need an animal. Um, you know, I know a bunch of our breeders have Facebook, but only see a handful of people promoting their cattle, you know, on, on social media. Social media is free and it's one of the biggest tools you know, promotion that you can have and you can utilize. Uh, we just try to let people know what we're doing. Um, <clears throat> there's several breeders that, you know, I watch on Facebook and some of them promote very well. And some I look to that, you know, maybe across the country and I want to know what they're doing. And some, some don't promote at all, you know, but I, I realize they have a Facebook. If you've got it, use it. You know, I used to be anti-Facebook myself and uh, I was talked into it by my wife that, you know, it's a great promotional tool. And well, she was right. You know, I'd say 80, 85% of our sales come from social media. So if, if you can get on there, make sure they're good pictures. Jen had a podcast about this not long ago. Uh, there is such thing as bad promotion. So, you know, take good pictures, explain your animals. Uh, another tip I have coming off of that is, is knowing and understanding your animals and their pedigrees. Um, if you don't know what you're selling, then why would somebody buy that? Right. So, you know, you need to understand the lineage. You need to know the pedigree of the animal. You need to know the strong traits that they possess. Uh, you know, if you can't, if you can't talk to someone about your animal, if you have animals on your property and you're breeding them and you can't explain why, uh, why would, why would somebody invest in that? You know, you need to understand your animals and, uh, let the potential customer know why they need that particular animal. Uh, so do you have also, a goal for how frequently you post on social no, media? No, it really just, I mean, I, I like to do it once a week, but sometimes it turns into three times a week. Sometimes it's once every two weeks. It, I try to do it at least once a week. You know, uh, if, if I have new content, if I, if I took a good picture and just want to share it, you know, if I can, if it's something to explain there, uh, I look for that opportunity to, you know, showcase or, you know, let people again, let people see what I'm doing. Uh, the more they know about what you're doing, you know, if you're in their, you know, if, you, if you're in their sites for, for what their programs lined up for, they're going to call you. They're going to reach out to you when they're bull shopping versus someone that they may see bull pictures for sale, but they've never seen a cow family. Uh, they've never been explained uh, what your focus and what your drive is in your program. But if they see your your stuff, they're they're more apt to reach out to you. Um, I know it's not the easiest thing to take pictures, but I may take 200 pictures and I may post five on Facebook. If it's not a good picture, I'm not going to post it. You know, it's and there's such thing as great animals that picture really bad. So <laughs> keep that in mind. Well, and I love what you said about knowing your lineages and knowing your information. One of the things that uh, Charlie Adams shared was, you know, having a note card, have three by five note cards that have that information on them with you so that you can access right. them. And I think that fits in really well. If you're somebody that can't memorize all of that stuff super well, if that's just not your skill set, then get it written down somewhere because you're absolutely right. If you can't talk about those animals, 
nobody's going to buy them. Right. Well, if, if you don't know what, I mean, you know, uh, there, there may be several animals that, you know, are strong at, at several traits, but typically those same animals are only going to be real strong at, at passing on one trait or improving one trait in your animal. So, you know, if you know what that is and that customer comes to you and says he's looking for something terminal, all he cares about is performance, pounds, 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 you can take him over here to this cow, this bull. Uh, if, if he's wanting something maternal, if he's wanting a bunch of replacement heifers down the line, you can steer him over here to this animal if you know that about that animal. Um, <clears throat> another thing I was going to say was, you know, build relationships with your customers. Um, repeat business is what keeps you in business. Uh, if, if you can't build relationships, if you don't have the time, you know, to, to talk to these people, um, to encourage them to call you when, when they may message you from social media or they may hit you up with an email from your website, always encourage a phone call. One-on-one uh, -on -one talks helps you. It gives you the opportunity to explain your program, kind of what we were just talking about. Um, and, and if you build relationships and, you know, you're willing to spend time talking to these these you know potential customers uh they're going to use you again you know even if they they aren't satisfied with an animal they may got from, they may have gotten from you uh if you're willing to talk with them about it and explain chances are that they're not going to just discard you they're going to come back because you need customers to come back if you want to stay in business so do you typically reach out to a customer to see how it's going once breeding season hits I usually do. Uh, usually when I, when they sell or when I sell and they buy, uh, they typically always, we talk enough that I get out when they're turning the bulls out. If they have calving season, some of my customers just leave their bulls in all the time. And I always encourage them to send me pictures of calves. Um, if nothing else, if they will follow through with that, that's opening another line of communication later. Right. So, you know, that's part of that, that relationship building that I'm talking about. Um, and the more you talk to people, the more they, they understand and trust you and the more they understand your program. So always, always en encourage a phone call, uh, a talk, you know, messaging. I've done so many messages where I tell people a price, never hear from them again. They, they didn't even, they don't ask about my program. They don't know what that bull is going to be good at. It's, you know, but if you could talk to those people and explain a little bit about your program and why are your price points where it's at, you know, that gives you an opportunity to sell that animal and it gives you reason. It gives them reason. Well, and I think it's super valuable that you mentioned that you get those messages because we all do. We all get those messages where you yes. give the price and you never hear back and that's okay. And that's normal. And it's not something that you should be discouraged by. Right. That's tire kickers. That's any business. Absolutely. Well, do you so have you can take that next step and, and if you can get them on the phone then that, you know, that just gives you better opportunity. Absolutely. Any other tips or advice you'd want to give us? Um, I mean, there's, there's others, but I think those are probably three of the, you know, the strongest that, that I always try to focus on. You know, if you, you know and understand your cattle, if you can build relationships with any customers or, you know, potential customers and promoting your animals against social media is free. And it's one of the biggest tools available to anybody to promote with. So use it. I know several of our breeders are on social media again, but they're not promoting. They're, they're kind of, they may be watching others promote, but 
they should promote too, you know? Absolutely. All right. So I want to hit you with that last question then. What is one thing you would change about Black Herefords? I thought about this and I, I don't know that there's something I would actually change about Black Herefords, but uh, there is something I would like to see, you know, shift a little. Uh, we have a, a tremendous focus on uh, single trait selection and, and being homozygous black. Everybody thinks they need homozygous black. You know, that, that's a great trait. That's fine. But that trait's not where it's at. You know, that trait, if anything, is going to hold you back. If you're single trait selecting for coat color, you're, you're taking two steps back with every mating you make. Um, you know, so I, I don't know that I would like to change anything about the breed, but maybe change the focus of some breeders, you know, yeah. don't, don't focus so much on, on coat color. Uh, I understand the horn pole thing, but you know, again, it's, it's a, it's a trait you're, you're focusing and selecting for a trait that can be changed with one mating. You can't fix structure with one mating. Um, it, it's almost impossible to fix teat nutters with one mating. Um, you can improve them. But to fix them, no. Bad feet, very unlikely. Focus on the traits that are harder to correct and harder to get to start with. And, you know, if you breed them good, the, the homozygous black will come later. There's going to come a point where you're, you're satisfied with your animals. And, you know, then you're going to make, make those two, uh, two black ones and you're going to get your homozygous black. So, I, I, like I said, I don't know that I would change anything about the, the black Hereford. But I think changing our focus from homozygous black would, would make changes in our animal across the breed in it, in its own. Well, I think that's a fantastic answer. Thank you so much for taking the time to share with us today. I really appreciate it. Yes. And thank you for having me. Have a good one. You too. This episode is sponsored in part by the American Black Hereford Association. A few upcoming deadlines you should be aware of. The Board of Directors Declaration deadline is August 1st if you're interested in running for one of those open seats. Nominations for the Royal Affair sale are also due by August 1st. If you have questions about either of those, go ahead and reach out to Ernie at ernie at blackherford.org. And then also keep an eye on your mailbox. The latest issue of The American Black Hereford, our association magazine, should be hitting mailboxes soon. If you're interested in helping to sponsor this podcast, if you get value out of the conversations that we have on here and would like to be part of it, I would love to have you. You can give me a holler either on the Chronicles Facebook page or you can email me directly at cattle at gmail.com. Thanks. Uh, Bobby, will you go ahead and introduce yourself and kind of tell everyone what you do? Well, my name is Bobby Singleton. I'm uh, from Middle Tennessee originally, and now uh, I like to joke I live in everybody else's house because I stay on the road quite a bit. I, uh, I have uh, Singleton Marketing and Consulting, and while I uh, pretty much stay uh, the majority of my time in the Hereford breed, we do do i do uh am around quite a few black herford um the industry now and uh, do a lot of commercial cattle sales private treaty and uh sale manage some sales and and uh 
as uh, I like to tell my friends also, uh, uh, marketing and consulting is just fancy words for what you'll do, whatever will make a dollar. So <laughs> that's kind of how my life works. Well, that background is exactly why I was so excited to have you on here and to see, you know, what insights you had to share with us. So what tips can you give those breeders out there that are looking to move some animals? Well, there's, uh, in, um, my experience over the many years, I'm a lot older than I like to admit, but, uh, and I hope to get much older too. I mean, you can break sales down into a lot of different categories for the most the majority of people should at least make the best effort to sell their animals private mainly because they don't have to pay commission to anybody or pay sales expense so um and i think the majority of people have that clear intention before they ever put one in a sale as well and uh, i tried to jot down a few notes uh that i try to advise people on on uh you know, some helpful hints if you're going to private treaty some things that uh, I think some people kind of overlook or haven't thought of that would make marketing a little bit easier, or better for them. Um, the one thing I would tell people about, if you have some cattle that you want to market, um, the best thing you can do is be knowledgeable about your cattle. Because if you have cattle out there for sale, people are going to ask you questions about them. You need to be knowledgeable and you need to be honest about your product always too. Um, and that should go without saying, but um, I've seen lots of people. They'll have people come and ask them questions about the cattle. And the one thing that you don't want to come out of your mouth is I don't know. Whenever they ask you a question, you should know their, uh, their pedigree all through the pedigree because people asking these questions don't know they're asking for their information so they know what's a good fit for them if they want to buy them you're going to need to know their epds their current epds uh you will want to know their birth weight weaning weight yearling weight all their performance data because that will be a question they will ask especially if you're trying to sell uh commercial bulls or registered herd bulls if uh they're breeding animals. If they're bred cows, the bred heifers certainly want to know the exact breeding information when they ask the questions. What they're bred to, what the bull's EPDs are, whether he's heifer-friendly bull, um, what that bull, if he has any uh, accentuating traits that are advertisable that would make him stick out from some, uh, some other uh, cattle that would make him more marketable. Uh, the things that I have found that a person should do <clears throat> if he's going to have private, private treaty cattle for sale, I think uh, most of all, to be able to sell cattle, people have got to know that you've got them for sale. Uh, I see people, well, I've got these cattle for sale, but nobody's asked me about them. Well, where have you advertised them? Well, I told my buddy about them. Okay, <laughs> well, that might be a start, but there's a lot more to it than that. Um, the, the world we live in now, we do a uh, world of things online. So, uh, a website is not for everybody, but it's certainly a grand marketing tool. There's a lot of people out there online that, that uh, look specifically 
at websites and it may be or may not be for you but it's certainly something that if you've got one you need to do a good job with i see people with websites that do absolutely nothing with it they they put it up there and they have the same stuff every year it is a a must to have uh, everything new on that that you've got for sale because that's exactly what it's for besides advertising your farm if you're going to be in business you've always got something for sale facebook whether uh, uh a lot of us old folks uh make fun of it but uh it has certainly made marketing a lot easier too because there's literally thousands of people that are out there on it there are lots and lots of facebook pages dedicated to market cattle on um we have a black herford facebook page and if you've got something for sale that'd be the first place i would want to put black herford cattle on it too so i i look at all the websites all the time to see what is for sale because uh, if i know they're for sale i usually have Well, that was uh, there's actually a black Herford breeder there trying to beep in on me, my son. (laughs) Well, I love that you mentioned honesty early on, because I think that ties into that social media presence that you're talking about. Because we live in that Facebook world, if you aren't fully upfront about your animals, it's going to come back and bite you. And you're not going to get those return customers that really are the bread and butter of this business. Well, that's true. And uh, the main thing that I found out about, we all ought to be honest anyway. That's just a trait that, if nothing else, that should be the easiest thing that comes to us. But, you know, if people ask you something about us, I think they appreciate honesty about uh, something, anything you're telling them about them, their, your cattle more than anything else when it comes to it. Because uh, you point out something, they pick out an animal and you know that there's something they need to know. They'll appreciate that and, and will give you uh, every effort to let you go with your marketing to see if it fits their program too. Um, besides the Facebook and the website to, to have your cattle on, um, I, I know that uh, there's uh, places out there that you can make a private treaty catalog that could tie into a website page. If you want to have everything in one spot with all the information on it, it makes it easy for people to uh, navigate and, and be able to see all the information and help you with your uh, information uh, to give them. Uh, Craigslist, I'm not a Craigslister, but I've got friends that have sold lots and lots of cattle on Craigslist. So that's something I think uh, maybe people would overlook on having cattle on sites. And if Nothing else, just a nice flyer that you can make up with what you've got listed on there to take out to local sale barns, the feed stores, uh, places where you think cattlemen are going to congregate and would see that to know that you've got something for sale. Uh, A lot of people, if you've got, most everybody sold something in one form or another should have a list of everybody that they've sold something to. Also, if you've got an email list or a, mailing list if you've got something for sale put it out there to them because if they know you got it, they they uh, at least got a chance to have a repeat buyer also 
Yeah, I think that's a great idea and not something that you hear a whole lot about, about reaching out to those previous customers as soon as you've got something else available. And going past that, uh, as you and I talked about before we started, uh, there's starting to be more black herbic consignment sales around the country. Of course, we have a national sale in Kansas City, and that was tremendous last year. You have a national type sale in Texas in the spring. Uh, starting to be more pop-up sales around. And I, I would hope as the breed grows, you're going to have more opportunities to have consignment sales around. There's going to be one in East Tennessee in October this year. Uh, anybody interested in that can contact uh, Ronnie Barrett with the Tennessee Black Curve Association. I saw a listing on Facebook from the North Carolina Black Herford folks the other day. They're planning a uh, an online sale in uh, September, uh, whoever might be in charge of that. But consignment sales have been uh, very good. I uh, sale managed three or four consignment sales to Hereford Bree myself, and they've been very, very successful. And to a point, you have to do some of the same things that you market private treaty cattle out. doesn't matter if you're having a production sale, a consignment sale, or you're going to have an online sale. You've got to do some of the same things to be successful. Uh, to do any of these other sales, you're actually going to take cattle to somewhere to sell. The first thing a person needs to do is you need to consign good cattle. Uh, they make stockyards for stuff that everybody don't want. And they make uh, butcher knives and meat cleavers for the ones that we really don't want. So the best thing you can do is, is start out with good ones. You need to evaluate them yourself. If you're going to put something in a sale, you need to look at them and say, is this one I would buy myself? That's the best way to operate if you're trying to select something to put in a sale. Uh, because not only you're looking at the cost of uh, what the sale expense is, it costs a tremendous amount just to go to a sale nowadays with the price of gas and diesel fuel, um, time, lodging, food. So you're going to put something in a sale. Certainly needs everybody needs to have in mind, I'm going to make money. It's got to be something I'm going to be able to make money on too. Um, besides the fact that you're trying to sell this animal, when you get them out in public, they represent your whole program too. So you need to keep that in mind whenever you get them out. And consignment sales are good to the point where you want to sell. You need to get them out in front of different people in hopes of uh, um, letting those cattle represent you and be able to move where you can potentially have more private treaty sales later on, too. People will see your cattle. People will bid on cattle. And they'll want to come back to your house and purchase animals at some point as well. And uh, one thing that I uh, didn't go over again with the private treaty deal that kind of ties in with consignment sales, if you're going to make flyers and put uh, advertisements out on Facebook or website or, or whatever, and I think maybe you've done, you've had an episode of this in the past, um, you've got, you need to take pictures and videos of these things. And if you're going to do that, you need to take good ones because I've seen lots and lots of catalogs of the cattle just look horrendous 
in them. If you and and I think that's just for lack of uh, knowledge or information on those people's parts, because I found out if you can't take a good picture, it's better not better off not to take a picture. And there's and there's lots of uh, avenues for uh, to gain help if you don't have the ability to take a picture. I mean. In the Herford Association, at least we've got a field man here. I know you don't in the Black Coat Association, but there's lots of professional photographers. It's really not that expensive to get to come and take a picture. These cattle need to be clipped. Um, if you're especially going to put them in a consignment sale, you want to give them this. It's like going out to going to town. You'll you'll wash your face and comb your hair before you go. So you need to kind of take that in mind whenever you're trying to picture your cattle as well. Give them their best best foot forward the best uh, side to view and if you're not sure what an animal's supposed to look like we're taking a picture get somebody that does too because there's nothing worse than a bad picture and it and it is uh, uh with the camera technology there are today uh, most everybody can get a video whenever with these these better cameras you can even take there's some of these cell phones are really good quality enough that you can cell phone video now and um make sure it's in an area where you can get a good view of these cattle and get a good representation of them um so you can uh the buyers can see exactly uh, a good representation of what they're they're looking to buy so with consignment sales i'd love to hear your thoughts on having a floor price in mind before you go in well, as I tell, uh, I tell everybody at the consignment sales I run, I said you, uh, you, you need to uh, have an idea. You need to protect yourself. I mean, we all, uh, while we want the sale to be successful, and if we've done our work, and 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 there, let me go back to one other point before we get in depth on this just a little bit. If you're going to go to a sale. It's not any different in your private treaty sales. Do your own homework. Don't expect just to take an animal to a sale and that's all you do and they're going to sell and everything's going to be lovely. It's still, you need to do all you can to make your sale consignment successful. If you've got any kind of buyer's list or bidder's list from previous, you need to contact those people. Do a little extra advertising. Put your cattle out there on Facebook advertising your cattle in that particular consignment sale. Now, there again, when you get to the sale, just to make sure that you're protected, because we, I, I try to tell people, always be prepared for the worst contingency. So you need to be, you need to have in mind what that animal is worth for you to keep too, and be realistic about it. Because it costs money to practice too. You're going to pay a fee whether you sell her or not. So be realistic about what your animal is worth whenever you go. Too, if you've done enough work and you've got, uh, it's been a good sale. If you've uh, kind of researched the sale and it's been a good sale, uh, you should be fine. If you put a good enough quality animal in it. The good quality animals, it doesn't matter what they are, will usually take care of their sales. But that'd be the advice I have going in. You need to be realistic about 
what you think that animal's worth and what he or she is worth to you to take back home if uh, things don't go exactly right. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you. I love that you covered both the private treaty and the consignment. I think you're exactly right when you say that the consignment sales are growing in our breed. And that is definitely exciting to see. I think we are going to see more of them uh, moving all across the country and kind of expanding out from where we've been. Any last tips or advice that you'd have for anyone listening? Well, like uh, we, we are in uh, every breed is in this together. Um, would be the best advice that I tell everybody in that we're in the beef industry. I mean, we need to be positive to each other all the time. Every breed and every breeder, their success, we want everybody to be successful because uh, your success is my success. My success is your success. We, we better hope that nobody fails because if you have a good sale, we're more likely to have a good sale. <clears throat> Do everything you can to uh, to help each other, too. Uh, karma is a real thing, I believe. I've had people come to a place, the one and some advice that I would really hope will stick with people. I've had people come to my place, and I just didn't have what they wanted. I knew what they wanted. And if you're going to be honest with yourself, don't make a sale to, just to make a sale. If you have what they want, that's great. But the, I think the worst thing you can do is sell somebody that is not a good fit for them. If you do everything in your power to, to help these people, they will give you first shot next time. The one thing I found out, people will come to you to buy stuff. If you've got what they're looking for in the second most popular reason they will buy something from you is if they like you too but if you do not have something they want and you can suggest well you know my neighbor over here's i think that might be a place that you might look don't be so vain about making the almighty dollar that that you cut someone else off just because you can't sell them something It'll, it'll out in the end. I think what a lot of that boils down to, and a lot of the different things that you've mentioned here is just creating and fostering those relationships. Absolutely. And uh, I will tell you, if you're going to have uh, repeat buyers, one of the best things that you can do is uh, call these people when you don't want to sell them something. If the only time you call them, people that's bought cattle from you is when you want to sell them another one, they'll finally quit taking your phone calls. You need to call these people and see how they're doing. Follow up on the animals that you've sold. See how their family's doing. People appreciate that. They like a personal touch with it, and you should get to know these people. They will become, you will make a lot of friends that way. You will certainly keep a lot of buyers if you'll do some of these things. Well, perfect. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your willingness to share 
and kind of talk about what you've seen and, and what can really help some of our breeders. Thank you. My pleasure. All right. Have a good one. Thank you to all those breeders that were willing to come on and talk about their tips for selling and sharing some really, really great ideas. I really hope that everyone that's listened to this has got something out of it, has found at least one thing that they think could be useful for them. I also would love to see us continue this conversation, uh, maybe over on the Facebook page. I know that everyone out there has either been on the buying side and seen something that really caught their eye and you thought, oh, that's a great idea. Or maybe you've got something that you use in your operation that you think could be helpful to other people. So please head over to the Facebook page and let's talk about it. Let's keep this conversation going because learning from each other and from breeders outside of even our own breed is really how we're going to improve ourselves and our association. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. You can get in on the conversation over at our Facebook page at Black Hereford Chronicles, where we'd love to hear from you. Of course, don't forget to leave a review wherever you get your podcasts.